Welcome to our online service for the second Sunday after Trinity, which this year is also Father's Day. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, and also with you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We have come together in the name of Christ to offer our praise and thanksgiving, to hear and receive God's holy word, to pray for the needs of the world, and to seek the forgiveness of our sins, that by the power of the Holy Spirit we may give ourselves to the service of God. So now let us sing hymn number 724, Loving Shepherd of Thy Sheep. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the words of the Collect, let us pray. Lord, you have taught us that all our doings without love are nothing worth. Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of love, the true bond of peace and of all virtues, without which whoever lives is counted dead before you. Grant this for your only Son, Jesus Christ's sake, who is alive and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So in the silence of our own hearts, let us call to mind those times when we have failed to be as loving, as understanding, and as forgiving as our Lord would have us be. Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
we confess that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been, help us to amend what we are, and direct what we shall be, that we may do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. May the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins, and restore us in his image, to the praise and glory of his name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now we listen to our Bible readings. The first reading is from Genesis chapter 1, verses 8 to 21. One day Ishmael, whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham, was playing with Sarah's son Isaac. Sarah saw them and said to Abraham, Send this slave girl and her son away. The son of this woman must not get any part of your wealth, which my son Isaac should inherit. This troubled Abraham very much, because Ishmael was also his son. But God said to Abraham, Don't be worried about the boy and your slave Hagar. Do what Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that you will have the descendants I have promised. I will also give many children to the son of the slave girl, so that they will become a nation. He too is your son. Early the next morning, Abraham gave Hagar some food and a leather bag full of water. He put the child on her back and sent her away. She left and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water was all gone, she left the child under a bush and sat down about a hundred metres away. She said to herself, I can't bear to see my child die. While she was sitting there, she began to cry. God heard the boy crying, and from heaven the angel of God spoke to Hagar. What are you troubled about, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying. Get up, go and pick him up, and comfort him. I will make a great nation out of his descendants. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well. She went and filled the leather bag with water and gave some to the boy. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the wilderness of Paran and became a skillful hunter. His mother found an Egyptian wife for him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus and Mary had finished doing all that was required by the law of the Lord, they returned to their hometown of Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew and became strong. He was full of wisdom, and God's blessings were upon him. Every year the parents of Jesus went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was twelve years old, they went to the festival as usual. When the festival was over, they started back home, but the boy Jesus stayed in Jerusalem. 
His parents did not know this. They thought that he was with a group. And so they travelled the whole day and then started looking for him among their relatives and friends. They did not find him, and so they went back to Jerusalem looking for him. On the third day they found him in the temple, sitting with the Jewish teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his intelligent answers. His parents were astonished when they saw him. And his mother said to him, My son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been terribly worried trying to find you. He answered them, Why did you have to look for me? Didn't you know that I'd be in my father's house? But they did not understand his answer. And so Jesus went back with them to Nazareth, where he was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. Jesus grew both in body and in wisdom, gaining favour with God and men. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May my words be in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is Father's Day and so I decided to change the readings from those selected for the second Sunday after Trinity because unlike Mothering Sunday, which is a long-standing church festival and has its own appointed readings, Father's Day is a later and more secular edition and so that no particular readings are laid down for it. So what biblical passages to choose? I could, perhaps, have chosen passages from two of Paul's letters where fathers are instructed not to irritate or provoke their children. A commandment which I suspect few fathers manage to obey, at least without fail. But instead, I thought I would follow the example of Mothering Sunday and look at an example of Old Testament fatherhood and then the example of Jesus' own father, Joseph. The Old Testament readings we hear on Mothering Sunday always underline to me that being a mother can mean very different things in different people's lives. The mother of Moses, for example, saving his life by casting him adrift on the river and then tricking Pharaoh's daughter into letting her bring him up as his nurse. Or the mother of Samuel, giving him to be brought up in the temple from the time he's weaned. Our reading about Abraham today follows a similar pattern. Abraham is faced with a difficult problem. He has two sons, his official heir, Isaac, by his wife Sarah, and another older son by his wife's servant, Hagar. Sarah is demanding that he throws Hagar and her son out, despite it having been her idea in the first place that Abraham should try for a son with her servant. Abraham, loving both his sons, is distressed and doesn't know what best to do. But crucially, he listens to God and trusts God when he says that he, God, has a plan for both boys and that he can safely let Hagar and her son go 
even though it seems incredibly dangerous. This is a lesser-known story than the other famous story of Abraham having to trust God with the life of one of his sons. In the very next chapter, if we went on reading, we'd read how God calls him to sacrifice Isaac, only providing a way out at the very last minute once he's, Abraham has proved that he does trust God. And perhaps we can read our Gospel reading as a time when Joseph had to trust his son Jesus to God as well. We don't hear as much about Joseph in the Gospels as we do Mary. He appears only in the early chapters of Jesus' birth and childhood. And this story, when Jesus has reached the age of 12, at which he would be counted as an adult under Jewish law, is the last time that we hear from him, that we hear about him. It's likely that he died. He's not there when Jesus dies on the cross, as Mary is. And it's always been assumed that Joseph was perhaps older than Mary and may have had other sons before. But anyway, here we are in Jerusalem and Joseph and Mary have lost track of Jesus on the way back from a community trip to the temple for Passover. They assume that he's with his friends on the journey back, and when they discover that he's not, they have to trek all the way back to Jerusalem to find him. And then they find him in the temple, eventually, calmly sitting among the teachers, taking part in their discussions, showing himself to have more than the usual share of a 12-year-old's wisdom. Joseph and Mary react as any human parents would. They're distressed and they're angry because of the distress that they've been caused. But this is perhaps the first time since the great events that surrounded his birth that Joseph and Mary have had to face the fact that this is not merely their child, but God's, and that they will have to be prepared to entrust him to God, his Heavenly Father, even that, though that does cause them distress and anger. So if these readings hold a message for fathers, or for mothers for that matter, for any parent on this Father's Day, it's that being a good parent is about letting go as well as about holding close, about accepting the necessary risks of life as well as keeping our children safe, about remembering that each of our children has their own story with God written separately from ours and that that story may sometimes be hidden from us as parents. It says that what they need, what our children need, and what God needs from us as parents, as fathers or as mothers, is a willingness to listen to his voice, to find our way through whatever the times and circumstances that we are called to live in, to love our children 
and to let them live the life to which God calls them, just as we live the life to, to which he has called us. Amen. As we reflect, we listen to an anthem sung poignantly by Jennifer Nicholson, who was killed in the London bombings in 2005. This recording has come from Adrian's archive. So let us say the creed together and remind ourselves what it is that we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We are the body of Christ. In the one Spirit we were all baptised into one body. So let us then pursue 
all that makes for peace and builds up our common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. Let us offer each other a sign of peace, whether we can see each other or not. So let us pray. Let us pray for the church and for the world, and let us thank God for his goodness. O Lord, make your ways known upon earth and your saving power among all peoples. Renew your church in holiness and help us to serve you with joy. Guide the leaders of this and every nation that justice may prevail throughout the world. Let not the needy be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Make us instruments of your peace and let your glory be over all the earth. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Lord God, you hold both heaven and earth in a single peace. Let the design of your great love shine on the waste of our anger and sorrow and give peace to your church. Peace among nations, peace in our homes and peace in our hearts. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Father, thank you for every person who longs to be a light for you and seeks to make this world a better place. Thank you for every prayer offered up to you and every light that's shining for you around the world. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. And let us pray for those who are unwell at this time and those known to us personally. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We pray for the repose of the souls of all those who have died recently and those whose anniversaries fall at this time. O God, who brought us to birth and in whose arms we shall die, in our grief and shock, contain and comfort us, embrace us with your love, give us hope in our confusion and grace to let go into new life. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. God, grant to the living grace, to the departed rest, to the Church, the Queen, the Commonwealth, and all humankind, peace and concord, and to us and all your servants, life everlasting. We ask this in the mercy of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We sing hymn 814, Thy hand, O God, has guided.
peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.